What's happening, everyone? Welcome in. Just another sports podcast. Greg Swatek, Josh Smith. Yo. Here with you again. Uh, pleased to be joined again by FNP sports writer Joe Ferraro. Joe, up, how are fellas? you? Great. How about you guys? Good. Everyone have a good week? So far, so good. Yeah. It's hot outside. You guys are you guys are the ones that are out there uh, sweltering in the, uh, at the football practices and stuff. I, yeah, I'm, I just get to sit in the freezing cold office here, and, and uh, the pleasant air conditioning of your home as well. I'm sure. Yes, so. indeed. Uh, well, I wanted to talk about a couple of regional sports teams this week, uh, uh, starting with the Orioles. Um, they snapped their uh, eight-game losing streak last night. They beat the Kansas City Royals, and what was notable about the win was that Hunter Harvey, who's been a uh, highly touted prospect, a former first-round pick who spent three years on the Frederick Keys roster but never pitched an inning for him. Um, he earned his first major league win. Yeah, this is this week's sign of the apocalypse, I think. Yeah, right? quite possibly. And uh, after the game, they uh, gave him the treatment in the clubhouse. They put him in a laundry cart, wheeled him into the shower, and doused him. I mean, there was the Orioles haven't had a lot to celebrate this season, so, so you don't begrudge them uh, that, of course. Um, but Hunter Harvey now represents another possibly young promising arm um uh for the future of the team and and they have some others too in in, in the minor league system in uh delmarva um dl halls looked pretty good for the keys this year he's on he they just put him on the il because he had some tightness in his back and they just shut him down for the season uh dean kramer the guy they got in the machado trade um looks to be a pretty good uh pitching prospect too um so my question is we knew this season was going to be bad for the Orioles. It's, it's no big secret that they're bad. But um, do you have faith that this rebuilding effort is on track? Also, we should mention that Adley Rutschman was just uh, moved up to Delmarva. He's he's uh, was their number one pick in the draft, the catching prospect, who some regard is uh, good a prospect as Bryce Harper. And he just had a five for five game in Aberdeen. He was like starting to tear the cover off the ball in Aberdeen, and he's moved up now. So. Do you have faith? Are you confident that this rebuilding effort is on track with the Orioles? Uh, yeah, I, I am simply because I think most of the people, that, most of the players we're talking about here are pitchers, and, and I think a lot of them are at the lower levels, like we're saying. So we're talking like two to three years away from them seeing Major League Baseball action. Uh, and I mean, I'm not so sure about the position players and whatnot, but just the idea that they may actually have some pitching prospects that could pan out to be legitimate major league starters is a start for me and it's um encouraging to me um i don't the big question that will always hang over all of this to me is though can't will they ever actually be able to compete in that division uh in, say in the next five or six years with the way those those teams uh, at the top are, are just stacked up and just set up for future success. Um, even, even, is, the, even the Rays are in, yeah. like in playoff position this year. It's just such a tall order. Um, as much as, as, much as uh, I have been encouraged by what I'm hearing, I, I, just, I just really – I'm going to wonder – if they're ever really going to get to that point where they can compete with the Yankees and Red Sox. I mean, I, I agree. It's, it's a good start. It's a very promising start. And uh, I, I think patience. Uh, they got Adley Rushman, you know, who seems to be a you know, very fine pick there. Uh, they're going to they're gonna have to, to hit on some more people over, over the next two or three years 
to to do this you know i, I was actually looking up you know the the cubs drafts picks uh, over a five-year stretch you had javier baez in 2011 albert almora in 2012 chris Bar- bryan 2013 kyle schwarber 2014 so that took four years yeah, they, for, for, for them to get that nucleus. And they uh, hit on them. That's the thing. And it's they, like and they, they actually hit on, hit on them. And they hit on them. And so, yeah, you, you've got, <laughs> you've, that's the big question. Are, are they going to be, they're going to be, they're going to have to hit at least on uh, on a couple more over the next two or three years to to see if, if it will be a success. But uh, for the time being, I, I like what they're doing. The Browns, uh, excuse me, the, I'm going to tie the Orioles to the Browns here in a second, so that's why I said the Browns. But the Orioles' search for an ace starting pitcher rivals the Browns' <laughs> search <laughs> search for a quarterback. I mean, it's it's taken about 25 to 30 years to get this thing right. I mean, the Browns, it looks like they finally have their guy in, in Baker Mayfield. But until the Orioles get that ace on, the, on, their, on their pitching staff, like, like you say, how, how good are they really going to be? Now, could one yeah. of these guys be an ace? D.L. Hall strikes me as someone that could be a really good he starting that pitcher in, in, in the major league. Is, is he an ace? I'm not sure. Okay. But I think he'll, at the very least, he'll be a very good, solid uh, starting pitcher uh, in baseball. Yeah, a couple of these other guys could turn into that. Yeah, I'm not sure what, if they have ace material anywhere down there yet. But, man, I mean, we are talking about Mike Mussina. Like he was the last ace that this organization right. had, and, then, and like Ben McDonald, he was a heralded, but he didn't didn't pan out. He, he never pitched very well for the Orioles, right? So, um, so yeah, Messina, and then you go back to like Jim, the Jim Palmer days. It's been like two guys in like the last <laughs> fifty something years. That's so sad, <laughs> right? And, and, and not and, not for lack of trying, right? I mean, they, and, and you just wonder. It's like the Browns search for a quarterback. It's just like you wonder why they just keep swinging and missing and or can't just develop someone into that yeah. type of player maybe that so. maybe that is going to change maybe they're uh the personnel overhaul that they did um at the top of the organization will 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 eventually rectify their um inability to develop to even develop um you know starting caliber pitchers in the major leagues they i'm, I'm confident that they that they'll be able to do it now yeah, I'm, I'm curious as to what they're going to do. Uh, we talked about the draft. What, or, who are they going to get these next three, four years? I'm curious what direction they're going to go. Uh, you, you've got a couple of these teams who have basically built up uh, this stockpile of, uh, of position players and then gone out and bought pitching. Uh, you know, the one question uh, I have for the Orioles is, you know, when, when's the, not only have they not developed any good pitching, but uh, in terms of getting free agents, uh, you know, when's the last time they've actually hit on someone in the free agent market? It's, it's been a long time. And, as a pitcher, and, you mean? A, as a pitcher. Yeah. And uh, Ubaldo Jimenez uh, certainly doesn't count. So, so yeah, how how are they going to do? Yeah, how are they going yeah, I mean, to do this? Are they going to build up more through the draft, and then you know when it's time to when they think oh we're ready to pounce, are they going to get you know the you know a, a good uh, power hitting outfielder, or are they going to go the, the other other way around mm-hmm. and then build up their position players and then go out and buy pitching? Um, I'm interested to see what they do. I would think just with that ballpark, it's gonna it's going to continue to be hard to lure really top end. Uh, free agents, even if they make a sure. le- even if they make a leap in three years and they become competitive, and whoever becomes available, uh, it's just going to be it's going to be 
they're going to look elsewhere first, probably before they decide to to come to, to Baltimore to play in that <laughs> in, in that park where the ball just flies out. So you look at the way they built their playoff teams earlier this this decade. I mean, it was everything was predicated on hitting home runs, and um, I, I I don't know that I don't know this front office's um, mindset with that, but the way baseball is going. And the way the game is being played now, I think what we're, I would say that they're probably going to start focusing on those position players and and more so in the draft um, because of just just because of the way the game is being played and, and the park that they play in. It's, it's interesting too because Mike Elias gets a lot of credit for building the Astros from scratch into a World Series champion, but the Astros didn't do it. With a homegrown yeah. ace pitcher, they didn't. Right. They didn't get over the top until they traded for Justin Verlander, and they had guys who weren't heralded prospects like Charlie Morton come through for him in a big way in the playoffs. They added Garrett Cole. I mean, their pitching staff wasn't a homegrown pitching staff. Their position players were George Springer, Altuve, Correa, all those guys. Yep. But they their pitching staff wasn't a homegrown pitching staff that that took them to the World Series title. So maybe it'll get to the point with the Orioles where they'll have and they'll be able to develop enough talent from within the organization where they'll have let's say three solid second tier like starting pitchers and they just need that one you know to really put uh, to complete the puzzle you know one year say five years from now and maybe they can actually make a trade for somebody like a Verlander whoever that may be at that point. Um, I, I mean, I'm confident that some of these guys will actually develop into, you know, starting pitchers. And, and this is no knock on Elias. There's nothing to say that he can't identify yeah. an, an ace pitcher and, and, and draft that player. He just – there's no track record of him doing it. So there's no track record that says that he can't, but there's no track record that says he can't. It's just interesting that, yeah, the Orioles will finally get there once they get their ace, but their front office doesn't have a track record of identifying that that is yet so right. we'll, we'll we'll have to see what they do they've got so. certainly have enough number crunchers to be able to figure out like what, what constitutes an ace i mean they'll <laughs> their analytics department yeah, they'll, and they'll their devise a new, metrics. A, a new equation yeah, yeah. To, to to nail it down probably and i hope, I hope. And, and they beat the royals last night and believe it or not they don't have the worst record in the major leagues so it's funny because like every game that they win is sort of like almost hurting them in a way because it's like pushing them further away from the number one overall pick. So I, I don't know who's going to go number one in the draft next year. I haven't, I haven't looked far enough ahead. But, but it's funny, like you want them to win so badly, but it's almost better if they just keep losing in, in a big way. I don't want them to win so badly. I could, right, care, yeah, less, right. I could care less how they do. Right, I mean, because the season's going to be really bad no matter what. And with every win, I just said I could care less. I meant I I couldn't care less. Right. Like it's mixed yeah. up all the time. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. But 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 the Tigers actually have a worse record than they do, and and they're yeah. I think in position to to uh, have the number one overall selection. So sort of a double edged sword. You, you I mean you the feel good situation is you want to see them win a game, but but that's sort of counterproductive to what they're doing right now too. So right. uh, still, I mean, number one pick or not, I mean, I think they're a, a good generally in the top five. You, you're you're going to get a good player. So yeah, you should. You know, so from you know six through ten, you know, maybe there's a slight drop off, but if if they're in the top five, they're they're going to get good players. Uh, if if they do that this year, next year, the year after. They'll be in good shape. Just interested to see who they get. I think it's exciting. So Rutschman is going to be with Del Marbury to finish out the season, and they're apparently on 
they're going to the playoffs. I think Delmarva. I, I think yeah, Delmarva is other than other than Bowie. Delmarva's been yeah. the best affiliate. So uh, he's going to get some. He's going to get some extra playing time simply because they'll be in the playoffs, and that you would have to believe right uh, sets him up to come to Frederick next year, which would be huge. I would. I would. I would guess he would do sort of like Matt. What what Matt Weers yeah. did. He played half the year in Frederick. And then um, would would go to Bowie, provided he has a good first half here. I've heard some chatter that he could skip Frederick entirely, and they would put him right in Double A. But why, why do that? I mean, what, what's the rush to start his major league service time, uh, get him up and play on a bad team, and uh, it, it sort of experience the losing culture that exists right now. Yeah. Um, so there's really no rush. So yeah, I, mean, you would I, think, I, would, I would give him at least half a season in Frederick next year. Right, and you would think that he's going to be with um, a core group of guys in Delmarva. The, these some of these that he could come up that with, he right. could come up with. Right. This is going to be a group of same same thing that happened with like Machado and Scope. Like they played together all the way, came up through the system. Yeah, together, and they, and they, and they won a, they won a they title. Won, they won a title with the Keys right. in 2011. So that's sort of the way I feel it, it's going to go. I mean, I know it's a oh, like I said, it's a whole new front office, but. Um, it just seems like it's set up that way, where these guys that are in Delmarva this year that are real, playing really well will take the next step, but most of them will come up to Frederick next year. Right. Speaking of draft picks. And maybe even Jim Reyes will come come up, come back to Frederick next year. Right. So. Well, he's got to extend his record for games played as a Frederick yeah. Key, yeah. which he owns by a fairly <laughs> wide margin now. And he, and he finally – good for Jim He finally got promoted, finally got promoted. Uh, uh, to Bowie uh, a yes. couple of weeks ago. So, uh, Speaking of draft picks, the Redskins are currently caught up in a drama that – ensnares a lot of bad teams and that's when do you play your highly drafted rookie quarterback especially when there's not a strong number one player ahead of them like with the Chiefs it was a perfect situation you had Alex Smith a very capable and a very talented starting quarterback they didn't have to put Patrick Mahomes who was a good but not a great college football player I mean the most talked about thing about Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech was his arm strength, and you see it in the NFL. But but his record wasn't that great. He was never really a Heisman finalist. So, but it was a perfect situation. He's married with an offensive coach. He doesn't have to get in there right away, and he had the whole season to sit. And then they finally traded Alex Smith to the Redskins and, and put him in. So it was like the perfect entry into the NFL for Patrick Mahomes. The Redskins don't have that luxury. They have uh, Colt McCoy, who's a journeyman uh, at best. Uh, quarterback who's hurt right now you have Case Keenum who's sort of in the same boat and you have a fan base that senses a bad season coming and, and wants to avert that and they want to see the team win and some people say what's the harm in throwing Haskins in right now so where do you guys sort of come out on the should the Redskins play Haskins debate yeah I'll disagree with you uh, about about Case Keenum I just I think he's He's going to be the starting quarterback, and I don't even think it's that much of a decision. Can he hold off? Is he good enough I to think hold he off? Is. Well, to start the season, I yeah. think he is. Yeah. Just because of the way that they are built to play. Now, I know they're missing Trent Williams, so they're going to have a replacement in there, most likely, right. uh, to start the that, season. You could say that's another reason not to play Haskins, right. because who's going, left protect his bl- who's going to protect his blind he's side? Be, right. Yeah, yeah. it's likely, likely to be Donald Penn, who was sort of like a journeyman himself. But Keenum is... Man, he if you draw up a good game plan and Jay Gruden can do it. Jay Gruden is a good offensive mind. I think he really they really want to focus on the ground game and running the ball. I know Geis isn't doesn't look like he's quite ready yet, but they still have Peterson. They I have think Chris he was Thompson. Play. I think Geis was going to play this week okay. in their third preseason game. Right. So it looks like they are ramping up to have a really good stable of running backs, and that's really what their offense is going to be predicated on. And Case Keenum 
is a he can caretake like he can now he gets a little crazy and he throws a he throws some wild wild balls out there sometimes but um i'm gonna i i just i firmly am in the in keenum's camp really with this and largely because of what i saw him do you know a couple of years ago with my team but not only that i i really just i'm not certain that from what i've read and he about, wasn't terrible with the broncos last no, year I'm, I'm just i'm not certain from what i've read about haskins that he is one of these rookie quarterbacks who who they can actually just put in there right away and expect him to to do what um, has been done with like Sam Darnold did or like Mayfield, Mayfield did or whatever. Now I, I know those guys didn't start necessarily right away, but I, I don't see him on the same plane as them with, uh, with just his ability. So I, I, I'm firmly in Keenum's camp. Joe, what do you think? I, uh, I, I'm of the same opinion for, for this reason because the, you know, the Redskins – if if the Redskins defense was atrocious, then I, I'd say go for it. Uh, but you know they actually have a, a good stable of very good young defensive talent, and so when you have that, you, you have to go with the more experienced quarterback. That's a good point, so yeah. you know you have to capitalize on that because you know so, some of the studs they have, Jonathan Allen, Josh Norman, Josh Norman, uh, uh, a bunch of these other guys. They're, they're they rookie have Mon- on the, Montez Sweat, their first round yeah, pick. Yeah. Deron Payne yeah, is fan- Deron was fantastic Payne last as well. Year. So, yeah. so so when you have that talent these guys aren't going to be around uh, forever you, you have to capitalize on what they have on the defensive side of the ball and get things going on the other side uh, when you have that talent you, you have to go with the experience at, at quarterback plus the division is just not gangbusters it doesn't seem you know you don't know what's going on with Dallas because of Zeke um, Philadelphia, the, Giants, the Giants should be bad the Giants should probably be you know mediocre to bad again um, Philadelphia is going to be good but I mean, like Joe's saying, I think you have to go into this season with someone who is, who has a track record and someone who has played in the NFL to see if you can get off to. Remember last year, they got off to a really nice start. Alex Smith was his first year uh, yep. there, but they won, they won like five games to start. They, I don't know they what they were. If Smith didn't get hurt, they would have been their record would have been better. Yeah, I he think. was he was sort of progressing and getting a little better in that system as the season went along when he broke his leg. But I think I, that's why I see that I, Keenum's got to be the guy to me. Now, what if the record goes south? What if they start like uh, one and six, two and seven? Well, you got to keep the fan base interested. That's when they'll put him in. Do do you give Haskins? So you're willing to go to Haskins? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing at work here is that Jake Rudin's in the final year of his contract. So he's got to play like, I want to keep my job. and And that means I have to win some games versus. Like, is Jake Gruden willing to turn the franchise over to the future and Dwayne Haskins when his job is potentially on the line if they, if they don't if Haskins comes in and struggles and they don't win enough games? So he's sort of balancing the present versus the future uh, thing, which, again, a lot of coaches on, on these teams uh, have to deal with. So uh, the kicking situation for all of our teams uh, seems a bit uh, <laughs> precarious uh, <laughs> at the moment. I think the Bears just – Name their Car- winner, uh, Carly yes. Lloyd. Carly Lloyd was it her? Yeah, that's right. That's oh, she, right. Carly She's Lloyd was at Ravens uh, Eagles practice. They, they and should she, look at her. Joe. She, she, she nailed. <laughs> they a, should. She, she nailed. They a, should. She nailed a fifty-five yarder um, in at, at the end of uh, Eagles Ravens practice uh, this week. But uh, I think the Bears just named their kicker, but, uh, Eddie Pinero. Yeah. Yeah, but but he's uh, not. He a, sounds like a good kicker. Pinero. Pinero. Is that what you said? Yes. yes. Pinata. Yeah. Oh, he um, sounds sounds like a good one. Yeah. But um, like he's, Fouad Revez, you know, sounds sort of like you know he's right. a, he's of uh, of that descent. I yeah. Guess. The Bucks just signed um, 
uh, a kicker or drafted a kicker, which might might make Cairo Santos yes another uh, Santos yes uh, expendable, and and he'll be scooped up quickly by maybe one of our teams that are, yeah. that are struggling in the kicking game. But like this stuff rears its ugly head like which, during yeah this, we were during, texting the, about during this. the season like this all of our teams are probably going to lose a game or two just because they can't execute an extra point a field goal. It's it's like a maddening thing, and I hate the fact that they moved the extra point back. Like it was it was a perfectly automatic thing; you didn't have to think about it. Yeah. But now everyone wanted to make it a little more interesting, and now any the, team that doesn't have Justin Tucker sort right. of like gets a little nervous so, anytime so, that so, kick comes. Right. So now it's not as automatic as it used to be, but now teams are losing games because they're missing extra points. So I was I was almost fine with just them leaving the extra point alone, let it just be this <laughs> automatic point after a touchdown, and. And I'd be fine if they made everyone go for two every time a touchdown was scored. Right. I would be fine with that. Right. Me too. Uh, the, the Browns spent a fifth-round pick on a kicker, but but he's in a kicking competition. Both guys are missing with regularity. It's like they're but, bringing out the worst in each other. So, uh, yeah. In, in this kicking yeah, you told me about this. And I, I just – I can't – they drafted a kid f- in the fifth round. Like, there's no way, Greg, that they're not going to – he's not going to be the kid. He's not going to be the kicker. If, if they're no both, way. If they're both struggling, yeah, he's got the – he's definitely got the advantage of being drafted, except he's been so bad that they might still have to go to the free agent market what in or, the tra- hell, like, or trade market. The Vikings do this too. They draft kickers in, like, the fifth round. They've done it more than once over the last, like, several years. And they just recently – well, they cut a kid. They cut the kid last year. They drafted in the fifth round because he blew a game in Green Bay for them. But they most they most recently traded a fifth round pick to the Ravens to get Kari Vedvik, who I love. I'm like thrilled with this because I hope he eventually becomes their kicker, and I think he could be like he could finally provide some stability at that position. But they also have Dan Bailey, who is like a veteran who was very shaky last year, and so I'm sort of uh, you know I'm just perplexed as to how these teams continue to throw draft picks away for kickers that are walking around on the street and could be scooped. Kai Forbath is perfectly capable, doesn't have a job right now, kicked in the yeah, NFC, kicked the, a 50-some-year field goal in the, the NFC Championship the, the, game a few years ago. The, the Browns might be looking at it, someone like uh, a Forbath. They, they drafted Austin Seibert in the fifth round. He, he went to Oklahoma. The problem is he never ki- had any pressure kicks at Oklahoma because Oklahoma right. either won by a million points. Or were scoring touchdowns. Or were scoring touchdowns in overtime right. of close games. Like He never kicked. Pressure situation. Plus the extra points are you know right. chip shots. Right. Yeah, and that's the other aggravating. These guys are missing extra points. It's not the field goals that are a problem so much as the extra points. It's just it's it's like a weird mental thing uh, with, with these guys. So. What's puzzling for me is that overall, you know, right before they they backed up the extra points, it, it got to the point where all kickers made it seem automatic, and so now the past two or three years across the board. Um, the, the the levels dropped off quite a bit uh, acro- across the league, and so don't don't know why that is. But it's got to be nerves, yeah. right? Like I think it's like it's just a mental. Because, bl- it's like it's like a golfer having like, absolutely the yips or something like that. Yeah, it's like it's like it almost became. It was this thing that they didn't even really have to think about for a long time, and now all of a sudden it's like made much more difficult. And everyone still takes it for granted, though. All of the fans, when an extra point comes on, most, not all the fans, but most of the fans still think, okay, no problem, like, this guy's going to nail this. And it's really, it's not that easy. I mean, how much more difficult do they make? What, do they back it up five yards or something like that? It's it, 10 it, yards, it, or right? 10, 30, 30 yards? It's, thir- no. it's a 35 okay. yard. 30 no, it's, it's 35, or, something like yeah. that. Okay, so we they, don't even know. So but, they yeah. backed it up They backed it up 10 or more. Okay, yeah. I, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a smaller distance than that. Let's, so. let's get the, yeah. the right yeah. number here while you guys um, talk. 
Joe, do you think uh, Eddie Pinero will be the Bears kicker? Will he last the season as the Bears kicker? I can't see that. No. Yeah. <laughs> no I'm, I'm still upset over over them, you know, not giving Robbie Gold the money, you know, when they when they should have before he went to San Francisco. Uh, you know, I think they they looked at, you know, his age, uh, you know, thinking, okay, this this is where where, where he should drop off and there's been no drop off. So, uh, I'm still upset about that and yeah, I I, I don't see him carrying through, through through the rest of the season. They're, they're probably going to have to get somebody else. The Browns did the same thing with Phil Dawson, who was a great kicker for them for years. Uh, he was going to command a contract that was a little more than they wanted to pay for a kicker, and they let him go, and he went on to have more good years yep. with, with the Same 49ers and the Cardinals, yeah. and, and then the Browns have never really been able to replace him. So what, what, Joe how, was right. It's 33 yards. Okay. So, so yeah, so they moved it back uh, considerably. So, yeah, yeah it, it's something to think about now. And as a football fan, <laughs> I, was, I was fine with not having to think about the extra point and just accepting the automatic uh, point after touchdown. I guess so. right, before they, right before they did that, uh, yes, you know, they, 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 it was becoming automatic. And then recently, it's the, those extra 13 yards, it's, uh, you know, that and plus the field goals, it's far from automatic. Yep. Right. All right, time for Greg's uh, bad look of the week. And uh, we'll go uh, overseas to Ireland. I knew uh, this was coming. Yeah, in, in, in a little pub in Ireland, and uh, Conor McGregor walked into the bar. Um, he appeared to be pouring uh, shots of his proper twelve whiskey uh, for the patrons at the bar there and some of his buddies. When all of a sudden he took a swing at an older gentleman. The guy's probably in his. 50s, 60s, at least he's got gray hair. He's in his 50s at the minimum. 50s, and he took a a swing and made contact with the side of this guy's face at the bar. I mean, something was obviously probably sad. He he might have knocked his... Uh, McGregor's whiskey or something yeah, like apparently that. Apparently, he de- he did not or he declined a shot of McGregor's whiskey or something. I think right. That's what so happened. Conor McGregor thought it was a good idea to take a swing at this guy, an MMA fighter taking a swing at an older yeah. patron uh, of this bar. The, the the funny thing to me and the amusing thing to me about it was the guy wasn't all that phased by by the punch. I mean, it seemed like he. He absorbed the blow and then just went back to talking to whoever he was talking to <laughs> while McGregor's buddies grabbed him and prevented the situation from escalating and, like, <laughs> scurried him out of the bar. It did, see, so, it did seem a little odd that there wasn't more commotion after it actually occurred. Right, the, like, the, 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 they just grabbed him and pulled him McGregor out of the bar. McGregor essentially just, like, turned this guy's head with, yeah. with, with this punch. It, did, it didn't seem to phase him all that much. So, mm-hmm. but, like... Connor, there's clearly a, a screw loose with Conor McGregor. I mean, it, yeah. it continually surfaces with him throwing the the, the dolly, dolly through the through the bus window and and and, and all of these things. Um, and he's even inspiring other people craziness around him with uh, Khabib's uh, handlers <laughs> jumping right. into the crowd to fight his <laughs> his so guys. Crazy. So I mean, it's, it's crazy. Chaos just follows him, right? He's a, he is a loose cannon whose influence spreads easily. I think people just have very strong, you know, reactions toward him. And it's amazing that this guy, this old guy, didn't make more of a scene when right. this occurred. Yeah, it seems like it was just back to okay. I took but, a, I just took a punch to the face. Okay, I'll return to my conversation. But he was probably now. he was probably enjoying some really good Irish whiskey over there. He probably felt was feeling no pain right. as they say, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it wasn't proper twelve probably. Right. I wonder if he looked at McGregor and said, "Hey, is that all you got?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, he, and that's why they had to escort him out of the bar. 
Dana, Dana White's probably trying to set up a fight between these guys, but between this older guy uh, and, and McGregor. So, did you guys see that uh, the, the result of over the weekend? Uh, Stipe Miocic knocked uh, knocked out Dan Cormier and, and took the heavyweight title back. Stipe is a, a Clevelander. He's, yeah, he's he is. a fireman yep. or something. Cor- correct, Cleveland, isn't he? Correct. And now they're saying Cormier might be done. I mean, yeah, I mean he's an fighter. older guy. Yeah, and, and he's got a. I mean, he works a lot as a TV analyst too, and I'm sure that's really pay, good. I, I'm sure that pays a lot of money. So, um, what's that, left? Like he, I guess they want to see a third fight with John Jones. Well, but I don't want to see does, that. Does anyone want to see that? I, I mean, don't. Jones has already beat him decisively right. twice. Right. Lesnar is that the name that's out there uh, at this point for for DC? I why not right like i don't i don't particularly want to see brock lesnar get back into the octagon because i really don't think he belongs in there yeah. and i really think dc would beat him easily um and so so would john jones for that matter but i think there's money to be made and maybe that will that fight will happen but who knows do you think conor mcgregor will say retired i mean he's, he's punching yeah. guys in in pubs well, in ireland i don't know how good is his how good is his uh, his whiskey doing if if he's making enough money off that whiskey and he's invested invested the what? How much money did he make to fighting fighting Mayweather? Like seventy some million or a yeah. hundred million dollars? Yeah, that, that'll carry him for a while. We've talked so. about this though. Like, is he one of those guys who just he's not going to be able to stay away? Like, he's he has to fight because it's just in his blood and just that's who right. he is. I, I he's got he's got to come back at some point, I think, and fight again. You wonder how good his whiskey is if the guy was turning down a, <laughs> a, 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 a shot of it, right? Yeah. So may, maybe the whiskey isn't doing so yeah, well. I don't so. know. But but that is uh, Greg's uh, bad look of the week. Yeah, Conor McGregor obvious. slugging an elderly, not an elderly, but an I, older patron uh, in a pub. I thought I, I I knew better, but I sort of thought maybe it was you were gonna you were gonna mention your boy Baker and his comments in GQ and how he said, of course, of course, this, Greg, this they was, were taken out of context. This was, yes, ba- 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 I, I uh, love Baker for what he's done. Just infused my hapless team with with a sense of hope and life. But yes, he played the I didn't say it, taken out of context card that everyone plays. Was well, this a bad look, Greg? Yes, uh, well, yes. Baker has ha- had a few bad looks yeah, uh, 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 during his during That's his right. time as a high profile quarterback. I'll forgive but, him because he's just so damn good at playing football. But yeah, I mean, and he's reached out to Daniel Jones apparently and said I didn't mean it the way it came off. But the, my question about that is. Was it sort of an off the record situation? What was the question? Right. Was it sort of an off the record situation that the that the writer didn't interpret as that? Um, did Baker ex- obviously Baker didn't expect that to appear in print? But was the interview sort of over? Like I don't well, believe that for well, a second well, that well, he didn't expect to see that in print. I just think he was comfortable and was casually talking with this guy, and I think after the fact, and it came out in print, and he was like, "Oh bleep, I shouldn't have said that." Yeah. I gotta cover right. cover myself yeah, and I, here. And I'm totally with you. The move of okay, I said something. I don't like how it came out, and now I'm gonna play the. I was taken out of context. I mean, we're all card, reporters here, so or, like, or I was misquoted. Taken out of that's all BS. I mean, if yeah. you said it, own it. I yeah, mean, exactly. Yeah. You know what though? I I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the, the the benefit of the doubt on this for for this reason. I mean, he had no issues. Basically ripping apart Hugh Jackson, and so so he he didn't take any of of that criticism back. Uh, He said, "Yeah, he owned up and said, hey, I yeah, I I said it.' He didn't go, you know, say, 'Oh, I apologize.' Uh, He he said it, and uh, and he criticized him. So for and he's and he's done that with other people too. So 
so you know for for him to actually apologize to daniel jones uh when when's the last time he's done that to anybody i wonder i wonder though if it's just because apparently they don't even know each other so he makes he's making these comments about some kid that he's never even met and maybe that's why he went back and was just like eh, sorry about that dude. yeah now baker baker should have owned what he said i i don't disagree there i i sort of picture the scenario because a lot of times in these interviews sessions you just like there's moments where you're just shooting the breeze with someone and that's often when uh, the best stuff comes out if you right i mean I, if you guys have yes. has the same experience right and but and you're shooting the breeze and then you're you're you put your and, notebook down you turn you, your tape recorder you, off you, and then all of a sudden right. they start saying stuff that you, 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 you're around a tv and then all of a sudden daniel jones's picture pops up on the right. tv and then baker says well, like what a joke like this guy yeah. this guy couldn't win at duke like what, what? so i i see how the situation played out uh, but Baker's also got to know that he's a, this guy's you, you, a reporter. You, you know who you're talking to, and even if you think it's off the record, just always assume you're on the record. Don't assume that this thing's right. not going to be used. It's off the record. Right. Just assume that as long as you're around this reporter, that anything you say could be used. That's where he screwed up, and it's it's good that he's sort of uh, put putting this behind him. But twice now, Baker's talked about so, some other player. Duke Johnson and, and people were yelling at him, stay out of his contract business. Now with this Daniel Jones thing, so uh, so I've heard some commentary, and it's probably true, and I agree with it that Baker should probably just stop talking about other, other players because that that seems to be where he gets in trouble. But yes, Josh, a, a bad, bad look, look for Baker Mayfield and Conor McGregor. Probably not the last time we will say that Baker Mayfield had a bad look. Probably but, not, but, but uh, as, as long as he wins games, oh, right. we'll, we'll put up with the bad looks, and uh, and we can't play the Antonio Brown card uh, every week for the bad exactly. looks. Although he's back at practice now, apparently with a new helmet. So, um, who are we uh, throwing on the boat this week? Yeah, I, I I have one that I just I really can't believe he's not already on the boat. I, I can't either. And 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 it's it's probably just because his name is not in the news much anymore because he's retired. It's, Ray, have, it's Ray Lewis. Doesn't have a TV gig anymore. Right. It's Ray Lewis. He's um, I just saw the headline today. He's going on Dancing with the Stars. I'm sure everyone will be gaga over Ray Lewis doing his stupid squirrel dance. Uh, I'm sure he'll break that out in the first episode or whatever. And I hope, I hope he snaps his Achilles Can he or something. Can incorporate that into a waltz or something yeah. like that? Yeah, I'm sure that some element of it will be built into one ep- some episode. You know that. I've never watched that show, but this is the part. This is exactly the kind of person, the a kind of sports figure who we created the boat for. Who I wa- who I envisioned being. Just go away. Yeah, right. it's it's get on the boat and just please go away because I don't ever want to see you again. I don't need to hear from you again. And Ray Lewis certainly falls into that category. I just want to hear him be interviewed on Dancing with the Stars. What sort of nonsensical <laughs> right. things he'll say? All right, then I, I, I'll give you that. There, I do. I do want to see there, that. There's entertainment value in that because he is so nonsensical when he speaks. So, so to, to see if he goes, uh, he can talk on forever and ever, and then the, the show will be an hour and ten minutes <laughs> instead of, instead of an hour, and he'll really tick off all the producers. Exactly. And how the hand of God is influencing the voting I'm process sh- I'm sure, and stuff yes. like that. God, he so, is God's linebacker, right? So. Uh, so Ray Lewis, yeah, I can't believe he's not he's, he hasn't been on the boat either. It's, that's one that's slipped through the cracks yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So, uh, Joe, did you have someone? Um, boy, yeah, Nick Curios, he's getting shot into the black hole. Joe, just, just, man, he doesn't mess around. <laughs> with boat. Joe doesn't even care about I, the boat anymore. He's just firing people into no, the black no, hole. No, he's, he he put Curios on the boat. Oh yes, I put him about him on a the month boat. ago. No, I know. I and Joe also, Joe also invented uh, the, the black, black hole. hole. So yes. so. 
fire away there, uh, Joe. But, I'm, but, I'm getting uh, it's getting used. But, <laughs> but Joe's almost bored with the boat. He's just he's just firing people into the black hole now. You would well, never I mean, you would knowing Joe, you would never know that he's that kind of guy. He's a right. black hole kind of guy, right? Like this, yeah. but he just is sucking all the energy out of this room. <laughs> Such a bad guy. But, yeah. Well, Kyrgios but, has seemed like no, such a bad guy. I mean, it, 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 just for this reason, uh, he, he wins uh, in Washington. In Washington, he, he wins the city open title, proclaims that he's this changed person, and then promptly goes to Cincinnati and just and like his first match too, rips yeah. apart an official, you know, spits toward, you know, in, in his direction, curses him. Call you know, him a leaves, potato, MFR, yeah. He called him a, a potato. potato. Yeah. Was he Irish or something? Yes, and he's Irish, oh, yes. Wow. So, and, uh, you know, calling him an effing tool, uh, you know, on and on, you know, leaving the court without permission. So, so yeah, when you, you go from saying you're being a changed man and you do it lasted, that. It lasted about two days. You do that. Yeah, sorry. You're not a changed man. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you go away. Yes. Yeah. Good one, Joe, for, for the black hole there. I will throw a non-sports figure on Ooh. onto the boat this week. I am going to throw... 85-year-old Larry King uh, <laughs> onto the boat wow. this week. It's like, Larry, uh, stop getting married. <laughs> he, I mean... How many... Been, what, he, this was his what What wife? What number wife was this? Wife number seven, but he's been married eight times. So, because he married... Oh, he remarried Because he, he remarried one of the women that he separated from. So, Larry, I've never been married. I'm, I'm much younger than you. Far be it for me to provide you with a little bit of advice. But you might not exactly be marriage material if, if you're getting divorced eight times now. So you're 85. You don't need to get married anymore. Uh, this most recent wife, he was with for 22 years. She but, was considerably younger than him. Right. right? And, and then they had a couple of kids. I think, she, yeah, she was probably 30 to 40 years younger younger than, than he was. Did you they, read they, about this? They had this? a couple of kids. Or there, or what, did, what were the reasons cited for the – was it irreconcilable I, I, differences? I, I, or? I, after 22 years, you, you, you wonder what the trigger was that said, we can't do this anymore. Um, but yeah. – it's like, I have an idea, but I don't think I want to speak it. So I, I'm right. pretty sure I have an idea what it's about. Right. But it, it just it amazes me, like, the thought process that goes on with these people that constantly are getting mar- married, remarried, yeah. and then constantly getting divorced, too. It's like you might not be marriage material. Not, you don't have to get married. Um just date, have fun. Live Especially with somebody someone, like him who's got plenty of money. Live with someone. No, I'm sure. Enjoy like, himself. No, I've like – Oh, can you imagine how much – like Larry King has had prenups, I'm sure, for almost every, almost every marriage after his first one that failed. So, like financially, I think he's fine and no one's going to be able to really touch the fortune that he's amassed. But um, but it, <laughs> this, this thought process of just keep getting married and keep getting divorced, it just – like the switch never clicks in these people's minds that maybe I shouldn't be married. So <laughs> – that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So Larry King. Um, is he still in the air? Is he still have a show I think or he is he does, retired? He does, I think he does a podcast of some okay. sort and he contributes. Um, but it's like, Larry, time to hang up the the tuxedo. Or, you think he's going to get on uh, uh, Tinder or something now or whatever? Uh, what he the might. dating apps? Uh, he's, imagine, he, imagine being a young girl <laughs> on Tinder and then Larry King's picture. Do you, do you swipe right or do you? I mean, we're gonna get we're gonna get ourselves into some real trouble uh, uh, here. Uh, yeah, but, let's not get into that. Um, but I mean, the guy makes he's made a few bucks yeah. in, in his day. So yes, sir. All right, uh, seen or to be seen. 
Um, I had a couple of things that I'm drawing a blank. Oh, it's a scene. Uh, was um, the Why Your Team Sucks series came out on Deadspin, written by the, uh, the peerless Drew McGarry. Uh, he hits every team in the NFL, and he writes a long piece and has lots of uh, reader comments, uh, fan comments about why your team sucks. He does it for everybody. I just recently read – well, he's a Vikings fan, which is hilarious because the one that he writes about the Vikings every year is epic, um, and I agree with it almost 100% every time he writes it. But, you know, it's just so much fun to go through because there are a lot of teams that, I, you know, you don't like for whatever reason, and – I I am just amazed by the amount of knowledge that he has, and we were talking about this the other day in the office here, wondering. I'm assuming like he just he's just constantly paying attention to the news feeds all year long, and he puts like he puts certain items in folders for you know has has a folder for each team so he can reference these these oddball stories that he references. Um, uh, he just did one on the he did the one he did on the Redskins is always great because he he absolutely despises Daniel Snyder, and he just is relentlessly critical of him and uses you know amazing he's allowed to use very colorful language um in his descriptions of things and he can come up with amazing descriptions that uh um always will get will get get a laugh from even if you're a fan of the team he's writing about you will laugh so um that's my scene my my uh to be seen or uh, there's another thing i wanted to mention was a cross promotional thing i was on a podcast i was on the uh i was on the frederick uncut yeah. podcast uh earlier this week we had um tristan poffenberger who was from middletown he was on the uh, american ninja warrior show he um he came in and talked about his experience in baltimore making it to the city finals so that's on frederick uncut um uh heather and and i were uh were pleased to talk with him for about 45 minutes you know who else we need to have on this podcast is uh jesse um jesse graff yeah gosh we were talking about trying to get her on that one and i was like man it would take a lot of finagling we'd probably have to set that up with her long in advance but we could probably try to make that work over the phone yeah i mean because her life outside of ninja warrior she is is, a huge star it's really interesting because she's a she's a hollywood yeah i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to set something up um depending on how she does uh in vegas here she made it to the she made it to the national finals so i'm hoping to maybe catch up with her uh sometime in the next month or so drop a hint that yeah i will we could do it over the phone absolutely if she if she had uh 20 to 30 minutes just on a, on a phone that yeah we'll be perfect we'll, so we'll see if we can do that because um, just outside of the, all the ninja warrior stuff she's got an incredibly interesting life so and there's one other thing uh, to be seen and it's really that i don't want to see it it's week three of the preseason okay most of these games are th- tomorrow night my team plays i think my team plays thursday did night. you watch them on sunday i did watch them on delay sunday because i was watching other stuff and i just i wanted to be able to watch it at my leisure um so i watched it on replay but um I don't want to see I, – I just don't want to see it because I get so nervous in that third preseason game that any guy is going to stub his toe. That's Any of their starters is going to get hurt. I hate the preseason. In particular, I hate the third week of the preseason because but, these coaches make their starters play for a half. And, like, I just want them to p- just put them out there for a series and get them off the damn but, but field. But th- that's the new trend, though. Like, guys aren't even playing I, at all. Like, Baker Mayfield, o- Odell Beckham hasn't played it down in the preseason Dalvin Cook the hasn't played it. Dalvin Cook hasn't even dressed for either ba- of the Vikings Baker, games. Baker played one series in the first game against the Redskins, blood a touchdown drive. 
Revan. He didn't play at all in the yeah. second game, and he probably won't play in, at all in the I, third or fourth games. Like the new trend, like no one is playing in the preseason now. I, that's what I wish my team would adopt. Like they sent, they've been sending Thielen downfield on these long fly patterns and throwing the ball, and I'm just like, hey, he's going to come down. I just I'm cringe every time he's thrown the thrown to because I'm worried he's going to get hurt. And the fact that he's going to have to play a two whole quarters of meaningless football just make, drives right. me insane. And I'll tune it out. I'll tune everything out that night because I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to, per chance, see that someone got hurt that night. It, it would be, just be nice if the NFL owners could say, "Look, we make ten to fifteen billion a year. Like we could give up two home dates each and just eliminate the preseason. Maybe have one or two games tops." Like it just, it's just such a cash grab move to keep I charging people full freight it. for all these pre, four preseason games. Yeah, like the teams that play in the Hall of Fame game have five games, like the Broncos and um, I believe that I've done. Yeah, that, I, I don't even recall Falcons. who they played. Was it the Falcons? I think it was the Falcons yeah, yeah. Uh, Broncos and Falcons have five preseason games now. None of the you know they starters, used to play like seven right. way back when. Yeah, so that's when guys were coming to camp out of shape and using training camp to get in shape. But now everyone does year round training. Like there's no need to. Everyone's in shape by the time they show up. And now no one's even. They playing may have frostbite, but they're in right. Shape. <laughs> after they after their hot air balloon lands uh, <laughs> at, at, at training camp. Um, but now no none of these top flight starters are even playing at all in the preseason. So it's just so unnecessary. But but the owners will will never give up the money involved in in, in those two home dates. I mean, and the networks are involved too because they want the the volume and the yeah. They want the certain amount of games that they could put on TV too, so it's it's more complicated than just saying okay, we're giving up on the preseason. But that's what really needs to happen because it's a big ripoff yeah. and a disservice to, to all football. And the NFL acknowledges that the preseason's a crappy product and and the fans deserve better, but they'll never do anything. Yeah, I'll, to change be, I'll it. be closing my eyes and avoiding everything tomorrow night. I don't have to work tomorrow, but I, I I'm gonna. I'm going to wake up on Friday morning and check to make sure no one got hurt. That's that's all I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. come on. Every half hour, you're not going to check your phone oh and make God. sure there's nobody in the headlines? No, so. I can't do it. It'll, dri- <laughs> it'll drive me insane. It'll drive me insane. Joe, what do you got, man? Oh, no, nothing, Ursha. I mean, for, for me, uh, a nice weekend of, uh, of baseball, a couple of intriguing series. Uh, Dodgers-Yankees, uh, right? Dodgers, uh, yeah, Yankees at the Dodgers and also uh, Braves-Mets, so... Uh, the the Dodgers Yankees uh, intriguing you know two of the top three teams in the major leagues and then and then the Braves and and, and Mets uh, you know you got your division leading uh, Braves against the Mets who have been just on fire lately so uh, and, and the Nationals will be paying attention to that series uh, as well yeah, yeah the Nationals uh, get the Cubs this weekend as well so. I'm going to do nice a. Weekend. I'm going to do a scene, and and my scene is on the front page of the Washington Post in Tuesday's paper. It's uh, Steph Curry, uh, who came to Washington and uh, volunteered to sponsor to start the golf program for Howard University. Steph Curry has no affiliation yeah, with Washington D.C. He's got no affiliation with Howard University. Someone reached out to him and said, "Hey, we're hey man, we're trying to start a golf program here. Can you help us out?" Steph Curry, I believe, on his own dime, flew across the country and donated the money. Uh, to help make this golf he's program, he's a big, golf, big yeah, golfer. He is, yeah. and he's very good too. Yeah. Uh, um, he, uh, he scores well even on on some of the well known courses, and I'm sure he would would do well in some of those celebrity programs that they have. He's like sort of like Tony Romo, who's who's a very good golfer, but it's something that he didn't have to do, and and he he footed the money, and now Howard will have a golf program, a school he's not associated with, in a town he's not associated with, across the country from where he lives. So I mean. 
Everyone's, that's a good look for Steph Curry. That, that is a good look. And everyone's always clamoring for stories like this, like the big, famous, yeah. mega-talented athlete giving back to the community. Why don't you write this nice story about this? <laughs> we hear from people uh, like that all right. the time. Right. It's like, why don't you? Oh, there's so many good stories. Why are you writing all these negative stories? Well, this is a perfectly positive story about one of the biggest stars in all of sports uh, doing a really nice uh, thing for, for people yeah. he doesn't even know. Yeah. So... Um, so Steph Curry is is my uh, scene uh, for the week. So good one. Anything else? I got That's work to I do. Got. All right, Joe. Thank you for, uh, for hopping on oh, again. Glad, yes. glad to be here. And uh, we will be back next week here on Just Another Sports Podcast.